Hi, this is Jeannie Kelly from the Kelly Group Coaching, and I'm your host of Credit Talk Radio. Today I invited Denise Kanza, who is a mortgage lender who has been in the industry for over 15 years, good friend of mine, and I figured we always are talking credit, and I do always start the show with talking about what questions I've been asked during um, the week. And this week, I've been asked many times about when should I be doing this if I'm going for a mortgage? When should I be doing that? And I don't have all those answers. So I thought it would be great to have Denise. And Denise could help us prepare for those times when we're ready to purchase a new home and go house hunting. So here's Denise Panza. Denise? Hello, Jeannie. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for joining us today. I just was going over how, you know, I'm always bringing up on the radio show what questions I'm always asking in the credit world. And everybody keeps asking me, like, when should I be doing this if I'm going for a mortgage? Or when should I be doing that? And, of course, I can answer the credit side. But I thought we'd go directly to the source and ask Denise Panza from AskMortgageGal.com and um, get some information. So one of the things that people keep saying is, when should I even go speak to someone, a mortgage broker or a loan officer? Like, when do I do that if I know I'm going to be wanting to purchase a new home? Okay, perfect. Totally, they should call a loan officer, a bank, a lender, the minute that thought pops into their head, their head. So they want to buy a house. That should be the first thing they do. Not getting on Realtor.com and looking at houses and having realtors drive them all over town. Because at the end of the day, if they don't qualify or they don't qualify for the purchase price that they think they qualify for, they're wasting everyone's time. It's true. And they're probably also setting themselves up for failure. Yes, maybe they can get a mortgage, but if they're out there looking for, let's just say, a three hundred thousand dollar house, but they would only be approved for two seventy five or two fifty, it's just a waste of time. Exactly. Or sometimes they'll look at the three hundred and fifty thousand dollar houses. They might qualify for the three fifty houses, but when I tell them or someone else tells them what their payment is for that three fifty house, they're it's just not in their budget. So then all that time they got excited about these beautiful homes and now they need to go down and maybe look at the 275 homes or the $300,000 homes. So it's so important okay. to just call the bank from the get-go before they do anything. And this way they know okay. their purchasing awesome. power, they know you know what their numbers look like, and then it's just the fun stuff starts. Then it's just the the fun part of house hunting. <laughs> if you call it that, but I guess you're right <laughs> Now, let me ask you, what do you think, like, for if someone's listening to the show right now and they know, okay, I'm going to listen to Denise, I'm definitely going to be calling, what do they need to be gathering that they could be doing right away so when they make that initial phone call, they have the right paperwork in front of them? Okay, so they should definitely have pay stubs and the W-2s for two years and tax returns for two years and bank statements for two years. And then they really need to have, when they fill out the application, they need to know, you know, their start dates. If there's big gaps in employment, they need to know they started here, they ended here, but then they started at the next job. They need to have all of those dates 
um, you know, ready to go so they can share that with the loan officer because so much of that is important. They need to know student loans. If they have student loans, oftentimes student loan monthly payments do not appear on the credit report, and they should have those numbers handy so that when we calculate their income-to-debt ratio, we have the correct income and we have the correct debt. And then there's no surprises. Yeah, that, and we don't who like wants surprises. a surprise when you're doing that? No. Absolutely not. <laughs> and then also, when this is something, because actually a good friend of mine is trying to sell their house, and at the same time, they want to buy a house, and they seem very concerned because they're worried about it. Like, obviously, you know, if she can't sell her home, she's not going to be able to be purchasing the new one. But, like, what tips are there? Are there any tips for people who are in this situation? I mean, there's a lot of people that ultimately would love to have a simultaneous close. So they would love to sell their current home and buy the next home and close on the same day and just make an easy, smooth transition. Sometimes, though, people are upside down on their current home or their home is just not selling and they need to move, they want to move, they can still do that. There's ways to qualify carrying two mortgages. That's also an option if it comes down to that, um, that you can either you know, rent out your current home and use the rental income to offset the mortgage payment, or they can just, if they qualify carrying both mortgages, they can totally move out of the one house, rent it out, and then move into the next house. But I would also say that if they really want to do this simultaneous and it's a must, then I would definitely put their house on the market right away. And I I almost think I wouldn't – my recommendation to clients is to not go out and put an offer in on the next house until you have an offer in on your home. Okay. Unless you find a potential – Well, that's normal. Yes. Yeah. And you know what? That's scary. yeah, it is. But oftentimes it really does happen that smoothly. I mean, often it does work out that way that it's a simultaneous close. But there's going to be always yeah. those, you know, couple of times where it's not going to go so smooth, unfortunately. And it is true. Your heart can break because I, I remember when my mother was doing this and she wanted to, you know, move and get come closer into a village. I She said, well, I'm going to start looking as soon as I put my house up for sale. And I said, Mom, but what if it takes six months? Like the the house that you may fall in love with all of a sudden, you know, isn't going to be there. And that kind of did happen. Like she was she was like, oh, I like this one. I like that one. But she had no offers on her house. So I was like, you have to, okay, we kind of understand what, what's out there for the money, but you right. need to just kind of wait. And then, you know, almost every house that she started looking at, they were all gone by the time she had an offer on hers because it did take hers about six months. So, right. you know, I mean, That's good. she went out there a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it actually works out, though. I always feel like things good. work out because the house good. she got, obviously, is the perfect fit for her. But it's just, perfect. you know, one of those things about timing it. Exactly. And then um, what about advice for first-time home buyers? Like, what, what would you say as a, a, a good key thing for first-time home buyers? I would say to definitely call more than one broker or lender because so many there's so many different programs out there. So I just something that's really important that's really just you know sinks in with me is that when someone calls you know a particular bank and they just can't 
they just can't make it work that I think oftentimes people just take that as, you know, gospel and they're just like, okay, we can't qualify where they really need to call the next guy because there's so many programs and every bank has different overlays and different niches. And there's just a lot of first time home buyer programs out there, either ones that have no money down, ones that only require three and a half percent down. And then of course there's the programs for people who don't have, verifiable income. There's just so many programs out there. And again, once they Mm -hmm. call the lender and they find out what they're qualified for, that's what you have to do first. And then just, you know, go house hunting and enjoy being a first-time homebuyer. I think that's so nice for you to say, too, because I think a lot of brokers or loan officers wouldn't say, oh, I want you to shop it around. But that's nice of you to say because it is true. Different you know, different banks, different lenders can offer different products. And for a first-time home buyer, that this is something definitely new to them. That is, you know, that's great tip. And to tell you the truth, I'd really like to have you back on the radio um, to talk. Like we could do a whole segment on just first-time home buyers because I'm sure there's just so much information you could provide. Yeah, there's a lot out there. It's there's a lot. Okay. It's overwhelming, but it's uh, that would be wonderful. Thank you so much. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. And again, you can find Denise Panza at askmortgagegal.com. And again, that's on the website, and you'll see it everywhere, wherever I post this uh, radio show. But again, Denise Panza from askmortgagegal.com. She has great information, and on her website, you can always ask her a mortgage question. She'll get right back to you. Thanks so much, Thanks, Jeannie. Jeannie. Thanks, Jeannie. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye now.